What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk with yours, Kwame Fisher-Jones. As always, I am him. Now, for those of you that know me personally or those of you that have listened to me since going all the way back to my Nashua, New Hampshire days on ESPN Radio, New Hampshire, you know I'm a big NBA, NBA guy. Wrote about it on Bleacher Report. NBA is my lifeline. It is my blood. And this season, going into this season, I wanted to kind of focus on things a little different. So I, I, I sat down and I went through a peruse through a lot of the, uh, as Deion Sanders once called, bull jive that comes through with the media today. And there were three guys that seemed to escape the quote unquote needs to step up ladder. And these three guys, I decided that I would wait until the season was early before I, before I you know, said, you know what? I need to have a conversation with you two, three people. Three people need to come on down and, and we need to wrap a tag. Because you've been doing this now for an infinite amount of time, and these three dudes, and these three individuals, and, and it's time for us to put a spotlight on them. Those of you that listen know that I am a big organizations fail players far more than players fail organizations guy. But in this particular situation, these three players are failing their organization. In this particular situation, these three players have been asked to do things that their talent, or at least suspected talent has led people to believe that they can do in this particular situation these three players aren't still i'm gonna say they're stealing money i'm not gonna say this because that's unkind and i'm not gonna be unkind i'm gonna say that we need to sit down and, and and have a have a tad about what's in their bank account and what's in the box scores so starting off with these players number one on the list is jaron jackson jr the reason why I picked Jaron Jackson Jr. is because he was on that woeful USA basketball team that finished well below everybody's standards. He was on that woeful Memphis Grizzlies team that thought they had won some sort of title when they lost to the Warriors in the second round a few years back and then subsequently came out and lost to the Los Angeles Lakers. And the reason why I picked Jaron Jackson Jr. is because he's eight feet tall and he doesn't rebound the ball. And I'll get into that in a second. But these are the last. These are the headlines in the last 24 hours of the Memphis Grizzlies as they lost by 15, I believe. Yeah, 15 yesterday to the Dallas Mavericks. They now currently sit 0-4. 21 more games left before Ja Morant comes back. Ja Morant's everybody's player to hate. Everyone wants to come hard on Ja, go down on Ja. Oh, pause. Everybody wants to go hard on Ja. Wants to complain about the mistakes that a 20-year-old basketball player made. Let me rephrase that. We're shooting at a 20-year-old who made mistakes. 20 years old, in his 20s. Well, he makes a lot of money. He's still 20-something years old. He's allowed to make mistakes in the world. The bigger question is, will he learn from them? And I believe he will. But there's still an organization out there that's resting his laurels on Ja coming back. The problem is, Ja's absence has highlighted the ineptitude of a certain player by the name of Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron Jackson Jr. is the de former defensive player of the year, yet Luka Doncic lit, lit the Grizzlies up last night. Jaron Jackson Jr. is extremely limited offensively. You know, let me rephrase that because I, I, it sounds eerily familiar. He's a defensive player of the year, a guy that has a high defensive, has high defensive acclaim. He's limited offensively, but we ignore his limits offensively because he shoots a lot of threes. So if he didn't shoot a lot of threes, would he be eerily similar to a certain 6'11 player 
in Brooklyn who's limited offensively but plays defense at a high level. Difference is that player actually does play defense at a high level. This dude is just active and tall and shoots a lot of threes. But, when, you know, the bad part about it is not only does he shoot, like he doesn't make a lot. So he doesn't make a lot of threes. He just takes a lot of threes. So that's what gets him a pass. But at least he shoots them. Oh, and he blocks a lot of shots. Can't, can't forget the fact that Jaron Jackson Jr. blocks a lot of shots, shoots a lot of threes. Therefore, he's a guy that we can look back on and say, you know what, he's a really good player, allegedly. The Memphis Grizzlies are 0-4 with this man being the center of an offense. They're 0-4 with him being the anchor of their defense. They lost Stephen, Brad, Stephen Adams to an injury. As his sat sit this year, he's averaging 18 points a game, seven rebounds, two assists. We can round that up to 19.7 rebounds and three assists. So on surface, it looks like he's having a good season. Mm. But the best thing about Unparalleled Sports Talk is we dig a little deeper. We go next level. To be clear, he shoots 47% for his career at 6'11". So I'm going to put that in perspective. He literally can reach up and grab the rim without having to jump. For his career at 6'11", he averages five rebounds a game. He is habitually, he is perennially, he is consistently the tallest man on the basketball court. There are a few dudes taller than him, yet there are a plethora that out-rebound him on a nightly basis. But that's not the point. We're not, we're not going to rip him for that because that's just unnecessarily mean. Pointing out stats that don't help us are unnecessarily mean. So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to mention again that he's 6'11 and averages five rebounds. Do you realize that Steph Curry for his career averages over five rebounds? I think Steph is right at six. That's not fair. I can't compare him to Steph. Steph is an all-time great, and we can't overlook that. We can't use that to aid our argument because the bottom line is there are two different types of players. You can't, you can't, you can't just say that a guy that is knocking the door at six one and averages five rebounds a game. Put this in perspective: Steph Curry for his career averages four point seven rebounds a game. Jaron Jackson for his career averages five point five, and Jaron Jackson is nine inches taller. Nine inches taller, and Steph Curry averages roughly the same amount of rebounds, but. I'm going to move on. My issue here is in the five seasons, Jaron Jackson, see, this is not, while I'm coming out now with this, the point I'm trying to make is I've seen this for a moment now. I've, but we've stayed off of Jaron Jackson because John ja Moran has given us so much fire to shoot at him. We've stayed off of Jaron Jackson because the Memphis Grizzlies have had injuries. But the problem is when all the good players disappear, when the scouting reports come in, what do you do? What do you do when the talent doesn't match, when the achievement isn't matching the acclaim? Five years in the seat, five years in the NBA, he's never played 82 games. Well, it's a, you know, it's a rest league. It's a load management league. Well, how about this? He's only got one season over 70 games. So he's played at 6'11", Five years in the NBA, has played over 70 games once. 
You want to go a little deeper in those numbers? He's averaging 53 games a year at 6'11", 5 rebounds a game. But shoots a lot of threes. In 63 games last season, Jaron Jackson had 10 or more rebounds eight times. Dude, you're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, man. I get it. You can shoot a lot of threes. I get that. But you got to give me more effort. You got to give me the competitive plays. You got to give me the effort plays. You got to give me rebounding and efficiency scoring at 6'11". And I get it. That's not your thing. Cool beans. That's not what you're here for. But if you're the Memphis Grizzlies, you have to at some point start looking at either this dude comes out of his comfort zone and gives us something that, I'll say something he's not capable of doing, or you got to move on. You have to move on. Over 820, what is it? Over 822 games played. Or excuse me, over 822 field goal attempts last season. Less than a quarter were from 10 feet or less to the basket. So let me rephrase that. Let me put that in simpler. So it's 6'11". He shot over 822 field goal attempts. And out of those 822, let's make it, let's make it a cool 200, right? 200 of those field goals came within 10 feet of the rim or less at 6'11". So he doesn't rebound, he doesn't give you efficient scoring, and he doesn't play big. I get it. That's not his game. But the Memphis Grizzlies are now seeing that, and the world is seeing that. And you back the Brinks truck up for this dude. And John Moran is going for another 21 games. And Desmond Bain has already had back injuries. And you add his Marcus Smart. And you're supposed to be a tough Hard-nosed team that many thought were going to contend for an NBA title. Instead, you are contending for, ladies and gentlemen, brrr, quickly headed towards a rebuild. You got to move Jaron at this point. Because at this point, to quote the great philosopher Mason Betha and Cameron Giles, Jaron Jackson Jr. is what he is. Next dude that deserves our attention needs to come down and step in front of the team and have a little by himself meeting, a little brief building session. Bradley Beal, Mr. 93 and 114. What is that? What is 93 and 114? Well, that's got to be the many threes he made. No, ladies and gentlemen, 93 wins and 114 losses in the last four seasons with Bradley Beal in the lineup. That's what he gave the Washington Wizards slash Bullets. That is why they decided to move on from him. You are paying him a king's ransom, and he's giving you gesture joker results going to say that again you are paying him a king's ransom and he's giving you joker slash jester results all i hear about bradley bill is how good he is how clutch he is yet every time i look up this dude is in street clothes but we killing anthony davis for it we killing anthony davis why because anthony davis has championship expectation why because anthony davis has won a championship why because anthony davis is one of the elite defensive players in the nba and you want more bradley bill is a dude in washington in which the good times have passed by all i know is it's not his fault it's never bradley bill's fault washington needs to get it together they added russell westbrook they had john wall they had marquise morris the list goes on christoph Porzingis, kyle kuzma all of these dudes have been in the playoffs all of these dudes have been deep into the playoffs. All of these dudes are no longer on the Wizards except for Kyle Kuzma. 
The Wizards have done more rebuilds than them shows on the own network. I like that. That's that's a good one. That came to me right now, too. The Wizards have done more rebuilds than them shows on the own network. And they still can't get it right. And my issue with Dunny, with Bradley Bill at this point, again, it's not the points. Because he'll put he'll put up the it's not my fault numbers. For those who don't know what the it's not my fault numbers, that's that stat line where he's like 30-some points, over 50% shooting, four rebounds, a couple of roars in the camera. That's the it's not my fault. I ain't the reason we losing. But when you play 57 games, 60 games, 40 games, and 50 games, and you're the highest played person in the state, well, D.C.'s not a state, in the union, when you play 57, 60, 40, and 50 games, and you are the franchise player, we got a problem. And then when you play those games, your team goes 20 and 37. Your team goes 17 and 23. Your team goes tw- your team goes 24 and 26, 32 and 28 for 93 wins and 114 losses. That is why you're in Phoenix, and that is why he's doing what he does. My back, dog. I'm hurt. How you hurt if you don't play? How do you get hurt playing basketball when you don't play basketball? I'm not going to yell. Just asking the question. How do you get, I'm going to read that. I'm going to say it again. How can you get hurt playing basketball when you don't play basketball? And I'm not, it's 82 games in a season. Where's the lies? Where's the lies? Quietly, James Jones to himself is thinking, that's why I didn't want Dunny. That's why I didn't want this dude. Because when he does decide to play, you still lose. When he does decide to play, he puts up the, it ain't my fault numbers. You kill Russell Westbrook for the for the triple doubles. Russell's teams are always in the playoffs. Think about that for a minute. When was the last time a Russell Westbrook team that he started on didn't make the playoffs? I'll wait. I'll wait. But it's always Russell's fault. It's always Russell's fault. This dude walked into Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and he's hurt. He played seven minutes of an hour in preseason, and he's hurt. Devin Booker got hurt. That happens from time to time. I'm not really going to roast Devin, although I do have a question about whose idea was it to put Devin at the lead facilitator because the last time Devin Booker was the point guard of the Phoenix Suns, they were in the lottery. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But I don't understand for the life of me how this dude has managed to get a, avoid the spotlight, never get called out, and still get looked at as a high IQ player. Because he gives you the it's not me numbers. The it's not me numbers kills social media. The it's not me plays kills ESPN. The it's not my fault kills the athletic bleacher report and all your little on-site things. But when you really watch the game, you see a dude that disappears in crunch time. You see a dude that's got the illest, illest uniform ever because it's never the team uniform. It's his home wardrobe. Which brings me to another dude. And this one... This dude, this dude, man, Donovan Mitchell. Homie, have you peaked? Is this as good as we're going to get from Donovan Mitchell? Horse stallion in the regular season? Mule donkey in the playoffs? And I don't mean to call you a donkey because you're not intelligent. I think you're a very intelligent man, and I wish you nothing but the the best. 
But, dude, you are the best. You are the Buffalo Bills of the NBA. You are the MVP of September, October. And the season don't start till October. So I said that on purpose. You are the MVP of September. You are the MVP of October. And you are MIA come playoff time in April and May. 53 games, 67 games, 68 games. And you've already missed a game this year and you're only three games in. What are you doing? What are we doing? And Donovan, I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to the Cleveland Cavaliers because it ain't their fault. Because when you play 44 and 24, 41 and 26, one and one already this year. When you play, you give me good numbers. The problem is eventually the playoffs arrive. The problem is you don't produce when you're supposed to. And I don't want the, it's not me numbers. Like I said, my issue with Donovan is regular season, early regular season, you're giving me 70 points. Playoff games, you're giving me seven. Pause. Regular season, early regular season, you're giving me 70 points. Playoffs, you're giving me seven. There's an issue with that. 2021, you were the number one seed in the Western Conference, only to lose in the second round to the fourth-seeded Los Angeles Clippers. In fact, you lost four straight games to them Clippers. Four and four, 44. Hmm. 2022, you lost in the first round to Luka, who is your contemporary, a guy you should be battling for best young player in the league, yet you lost to him four games to two. And in 2023, you got the gentleman sweep by the New York Knicks, four games to one. You dropped two of them bunnies at home in Cleveland in front of your fans, and then you return the following year and you decide to sit out one out of the first three games. What are you doing, Donovan? Is this the best you are? Dog, have you peaked? If you don't want more out of yourself, then I can't ask for more. I can't expect more. But nah, you missing games. This should have been your, I've had it. I want to announce my presence with authority. I want to be the best player in this league. I am up for a contract. I want to prove that I am the baddest dude on this court. My high top shine better than anybody else. And you're missing games already? What's going on, man? You got sunglasses on indoors at night. That's all I need to know about you, my man. Jaron Jackson Jr., Bradley Bill, Donovan Mitchell. I think we know what you guys are at this point. I think it's time to shift the conversation away from these dudes. We can't expect to be dudes where we already see what they're giving us. The expectations have done nothing but lead us to disappointment with all three of these guys. And I'm going to step out on a limb and say that each team will be looking quietly to move these dudes, especially Jaron Jackson Jr. You want to change the culture in Memphis? You want to change the culture in D.C.? You want to change the culture in Utah? You get rid of three albatrosses that believe they're helping you swim when all they're doing is sinking you. That's it for this episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk. Again, if you enjoyed the show, make sure you like, share, subscribe, follow, whatever your podcast platform allows you to do. And as always, I appreciate your time of year. We'll see you next time.